here for our weekly open air witness. This week we're coming from Big Station at the west end of Glasgow. And we're delighted you're able to join with us either in person or on our live stream. And we come out, friends, because we want to pass on something of the good news of the gospel. And we want to speak about a person, and that person is none other than Jesus Christ. And it says in the scriptures concerning him, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6, we read, who being in the form of God, God did not rob him to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And there we have a very brief description of the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the very sum and the substance of Christianity. And indeed there is no Christianity without, without Christ. And first of all, it teaches us here, who being in the form of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is eternal. He's had no beginning. Because he is eternal, he can have no beginning. And he's the Son of God. God is eternal. And God was always a Father. And Christ was always the Son of God was always His Son. We are humans and we become fathers. But that was not the case with God the Father. He was always a Father. And that's why Christ is eternally begotten. The Son of God is eternally begotten from the Father. And therefore, obviously, he is fully God. And this is what Orthodox Christianity would teach us, that Christ, the God-man, is God in the flesh. And that's important, because if he was just a mere man, he could never save us. The first man was a perfect man. And he succumbed to temptation and fell. And was simply just a mere man. He could never stand up against the temptations of the devil. And furthermore, he could never endure the sufferings, the physical, the mental, and the spiritual sufferings that he incurred on Calvary's tree if he was just a man. It would be impossible. And that's why we must preach to you today 
the God-man, the one who is fully God and fully man. He is the great bridge between a holy God and sinful mankind. He is not half God and half man. He is fully God and fully man. And therefore he is the real saviour. I'm not a Mormon, sir, no. I'm a Protestant minister, Free Church of Scotland, but not a Mormon. Can I help you too? Well, I don't prophesy either. I just preach the Word of God. But we preach about Jesus, sir. You know Jesus. He is, and he was, the Son of God, and he's the one who came to seek and to save. Hello, sir. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Yes, I'm out trying to tell people about Jesus. You need to put your faith and trust upon Jesus. Oh, yes, he was. He... No, no, he had to be the Son of God. If he was a mere prophet, he couldn't save us. He could. Oh, Gandhi can't save you. Gandhi's dead and buried and rotten in the grave. Sorry? He talks what? Does he now? Oh. Well, we're, we're telling you about someone who's alive. Who could... Jesus, Jesus is alive. No, no, he did die, but he's alive. No, no, he is the Son of God. Anyway, sir. I don't think I'm deluded, to be quite honest with you. I think I'm telling the truth because it's in the Word of God. And we want to present to you the day of the Savior. Well, it's no use collecting the Bible. You've got to read them, and you've got to believe them, and you've got to put your faith and hope and trust upon the Lord Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That's telling us that he was God in the flesh, but his glory was veiled. He didn't reveal his glory. His glory was there, but he hid it, and it was veiled in his flesh, so that if he was walking about here, we would not notice anything unique about him. But he was God in the flesh. And it's telling us about his humiliation, condescension, and all this was in order that he might go and suffer and die. What a tremendous act of humiliation on behalf of Christ. Here was the Son of God, the one who brought the sun and the moon and the stars into being, the one who brought the universe into being, the one who brought all life into being and who sustains all life. That great and glorious person became a man and he humbled himself. He became a servant and ultimately 
He died a most terrible death, a death that no Roman citizen would be allowed. It was considered too humiliating to be crucified on a cross. Now why did Jesus do this? Why did he undertake all of this? Well, he took this on himself, friends, in order that he might save. He came to save. He came to save young people. He came to save old people. He came to save male and female. He came to save people from different languages and kindreds and tongues. He came to save the people of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There's the great reason why Jesus came. He came to save. And friends, we have to realize that we need to be saved. We might think that we live a perfect life, or we might think that our life is okay. And then when we meet God on that great day, when we meet Him, somehow we think that it will be all right. We've nothing to fear. God will be merciful to us. And he led us into heaven. Is that the case? Is that really what's going to happen? God says nothing impure shall enter into heaven. Nothing impure. And we are impure in his sight by nature. The Bible teaches us. In Romans chapter 3. At verse 23. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. All here, walking around, listening to this. All in the flat. All in the shop. Everywhere. There is none righteous. No, not one. We've all like sheep. We've all gone astray. It's a universal problem that has infected the whole of mankind since our first parents sinned. And the problem is so great that we cannot address it ourselves. And religion cannot address it. All the religions in the world cannot address it. Only God can. And he has done something. You may well ask, what has he done? Now that's not very nice. To speak in public like that. What does the Bible say? Out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. When we speak, it reveals what's in our heart. And if we speak like that, it reveals there's something far wrong in our hearts and this is what Christianity does address it goes straight to the heart of the matter the problem with us friends is the heart the heart the very core and the very center of mankind is defiled 
our nature. It is defiled by sin. And we cannot do with it, deal with it ourselves. That's why we need a savior. And that itself is humbling. We like to think that we're the masters of our own destiny. We like to think that we can say, say, uh, solve all our own problems. But this is one problem that's too great for us. We cannot address it ourselves. And when we do try to address it, we simply make things worse. Because we turn our backs upon the way that God has provided. For this is what Christianity is. It's not man-made religion. Christianity has come down from heaven. The Son of God has come down from heaven. He knows the eternal and the spiritual world. He knows it. He has first-hand experience of it. And he's the one who has come down from heaven in order to address our greatest problem that we might go to heaven. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Well, friends, we want to tell you that today the Lord Jesus Christ was successful. You might look upon his mission as a waste or a but that's not the case. On the cross there, one of was it is finished. It is finished. He cried out triumphantly. It is finished. And it goes on to say, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth. And you fill a shit. No, that's not very nice, is it? Out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Sir, you need to be saved. But at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you, sir. A wonderful thing.
Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. You know, friends, you can always get people that will ask questions that are, are irrelevant. But we will deal in the major things. And the major things are that we're made in the image of God. We're fallen creatures. We need, to be a, we need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can save. He is the Son of God who became the Son of Man, who laid down his life willingly, voluntarily, and freely, standing in as our substitute, taking upon himself, his own body, the punishment that was due to sinners. He experienced that on Calvary's tree. God punished him in the room and place of sinners. And here is the wonder and the beauty of the gospel. When we put our faith in him, our sins are forgiven. And that's why we go out, friends, and we tell people to repent, to believe the gospel, to turn away from your sin, to turn away from your sin, whatever that is. And all of us are sinners, and therefore we all must know repentance. If we're liars, we must stop lying. If we're gossiping, we must stop gossiping. If we're fornicating, we have to stop fornication. If we're committing adultery, likewise, we have to turn upon the sins of the flesh. If we're idolaters, that is, if we're worshiping other gods, we are to worship the one true and the living God. If we're Sabbath, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, we are to turn and we are to be ones who will observe the Sabbath. We are to honor our father and our mother, to our parents and to those in authority. We are, in short, we are to turn our backs upon all our sins. If we are thieves, then we have to stop stealing and we have to work for a living. And the more that we look at these commandments and the, the more that we see how broad their application is, the more that we recognize that we cannot keep God's law and that we need a Savior, one who has fully kept the law of God on our behalf. This is, friends, the Christian gospel. God has given us a law. He demands that we keep it, but we cannot. But someone else has done it for us in our place. And that person is Jesus. And to be saved, therefore, we must have him as our Lord and as our Savior. There is no other way. Jesus himself did say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Salvation is found in none other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave his life a ransom for all.
God sees our actions. But do you realize that God's all-penetrating eye not only sees our physical actions, but he hears our words and he's able to discern our thoughts. He's able to read our thoughts. He knows what you're thinking even now. You can hide it from each other. You can hide it from the preacher. But you cannot hide it from God. And it doesn't matter your nationality. God can speak to any one of us. Whether we're from America or Africa, Zambia, China, Japan, Germany, France, whatever, it makes no difference. God sees. God is omnipresent. What does that mean? He's all-present, everywhere. We cannot run away from Him. We cannot hide from Him. He's here now. <coughs> Wherever you will go, God will be there. And indeed, for the unbeliever who will spend eternity in that terrible, terrible place called hell, God will be there. And God will be your hell. And that's why we come out today. Why we've come out on other occasions that we might tell you about another way. That we might tell you about the Savior. The one who came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we have to realize that we're lost by nature. <coughs> what does that mean? It just simply means we're lost by default. And we need to be saved. Now this is humbling. This tells modern man with all his 21st century technology that he cannot save himself. That he needs to be saved. And it tells all of us doesn't matter what language we speak. It doesn't matter the color of our skin. It tells us all we need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ alone. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. But Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Can you imagine it here, the Son of God, leaving the realms of glory, coming to this world, suffering, dying, living in poverty, ultimately to be forsaken? He did this in order to save, to save sinners. How can he possibly save you? What must you do? Well, you must come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You must call upon him. You must turn your back upon your sins. And you must take up the cross. And you must follow Jesus Christ.
That's what you must do. You must cast yourself upon his mercy. You must receive him. You must truly believe in him. You must believe that he is the Son of God and that he is the God-appointed Savior. You must believe that he suffered and died. You must believe that he rose again. And this would remind you, friends, that we're not telling you to put your faith and trust upon someone who's in the grave. We're telling you and we're commending you to put your trust upon one who is alive and alive forevermore. Surely that's the Savior we need. One who has suffered death, one who has gone into the grave, but one who has come out. Who has, as the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's what he's done. This is why we commend him to you. Because without him, we have no hope. Where will you go when you pass into eternity? Where will you go when you leave the scene of time? When you meet God, what will happen? Do you have a Savior? The Savior, friends, is Jesus Christ. This is the one you to have, who alone can save. Well, it's been good to be with you this afternoon from Partick Free Church of Scotland, continuing. We do extend a warm welcome to you to come along to any of our services on the Lord's Day. What's the Lord's Day? The Lord's Day is Sunday. It's the day when Jesus arose from the grave. And we meet on Sunday at 11 a.m. And we also meet in the early evening at 6 at 2 Thornwood Terrace. Go up to Barton Road and you'll come to the police station. Opposite the police station. Go up that hill there. It's a steep hill I know, but go up there and you'll come to Thornwood Primary School and you'll find our building next door on the crossroads. We would extend a warm welcome to you. And we also have a midweek meeting on Wednesday at 7.30. It's been good to be with you this afternoon and we trust that the Lord will follow with his blessing upon the preaching of his word.